0: just what radio needs another competitor, and this time it's from one of the big bad boys in tech. Apple makes a real significant bump in their podcast strategy, but it's going to cost you. We whine about over-targeting, well, I do. Keith may join me. And is Magellan's data misleading? For the week of April 27th, this is Media Insultant. So much going on in media this week that everybody wants to know our opinion, right? Well, that's what we think here at Media Insultant. I'm Jackson Weaver. My co-host is Keith Samuels. And Keith, uh, this is our first remote podcast. We have always done them in studio before, but this time we're out in the wilderness. We are in the Cascade Mountains, in a little town called Leavenworth. No fancy camera, no fancy microphone. It's like doing a live broadcast. When we were younger, uh, you know, we'd we'd go down to the Ford dealership, to Grand Spalding Dodge, you know, and we'd 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 lay out a tent, and then we'd have a pony ride, and balloons for the kids, and hot dogs for the adults. And so we're doing our first live broadcast on Media and Sultan, huh?
1: It, it's our first remote, and how great it is, you know, to not be in a trailer, freezing my you know what off at uh, Sound Ford and Renton with service loaners for life. Hormel Franks and Aura uh, Wheat Buns and, uh, you know, all the all the balloons. And, you know, I always asked, I finally asked the general manager of SoundFord, Rich Schneider, I said, you know, you, you buy a remote from me every month and I love you for it. But why do you do it? And he said, you know, Keith, it, I like to say it's because it works. And it does somewhat for sure. But I love it because you come and you feed my salespeople on Saturday. So none of my sales guys leave the lot. So I've got my full team here all day thanks to you and that barbecue grill you got going there and Big Ed Dunaway on the microphone so yeah well yes it's our first remote you look like you're Stein Erickson you're like you're, you've got the uh, the ski area in the background you're gonna go carve some turns when we're done Well this is the reason that yeah that's right
0: this is the reason they refer to this as the as America's Alps. Uh, Leavenworth is in a beautiful setting and you know this is you know there's uh, a couple of ski resorts up the mountains. And yes, we'll probably go do a couple of final spring turns. Absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because we were talking about, you were talking about remotes. I'd be curious whether they make kind of a resurgence as we come out of the pandemic, you know, a chance for people to get together. Uh, maybe not quite like they did in India. That might have been a little over the top. But, you know, I wonder if we're going to see a change and, you know, and suddenly clients are going to want remotes because they're going to want to bring people in just to be around other people. What do you think?
1: Well, I don't know that they'll need a remote for that. I think people just do it on their own. But going go, uh, several months back in the middle of uh, the uh, lockdowns, um, some radio guy posted a picture online of a, um, of a radio station remote. And it's the easy up, it's the table, it's the banner, it's the jock, and the, all the tchotchkes from the station laid out on the table, and there isn't a soul around. And the the caption was, you know, radio remotes practicing social distancing for 30 years. You know, it was just, you know, what better way to social distance than to have a radio station remote. But, you know, yeah, the sports station guys, they'll be out there big time. They can't wait to get to those sports bars and start getting some revenue back in. They got to do all those beer promotions. They've got to do all the car promotions. You know, and down here, it's the Chevy Silverado summer tour on KLAC. And, you know, they, they go, they do like 20 remote to different sports. but yeah, yeah, those guys can't wait. But uh, for the most part, I think most everybody else is kind of going, you know what, mask it up and uh, maybe we'll see you, maybe we won't. Well, that always goes back to the key issue of whether remotes
0: were ever, you know, had lost their effectiveness anyway. I mean, the days when somebody said, oh, let's go down and see our favorite DJ. He's yeah. live. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. So live audio rooms clever, catchy phrase that Facebook has developed for their new competitor to Clubhouse. And as we've talked about on Media Insultant several times, Clubhouse is kind of dropping in on a private phone line. You know, you're watching people chat back and forth. And they're also now beginning to talk about hosting podcasts. I assume the revenue is gonna be about the same model, you know, inventory for their, for their advertising. Uh, Keith, can Facebook be all things, media, uh, text, video, audio, marketplace, everything? I mean, is, is Facebook
1: going to become the media platform? Well, it would be one of the big ones, uh, no question. But, I, I, you know, hey, these are guys that are used to owning the world. So, hey, if this podcasting thing, that's kind of interesting. And this clubhouse thing, that's kind of interesting. Can we do all that? Yeah, we can. You know, whether it matters to anybody or it's a massive success doesn't really matter. But what does matter is ad revenue. And what matters, you know, is is are we keeping the users on the farm? Are we keeping everybody on the Facebook farm? And if they need to do uh, all these other products, sure, great, let's do it.
0: Well, I think the other thing that's worth keeping in mind is Facebook a couple of years ago had a, a, a real excitement about video. You know, suddenly... In fact, Zuckerberg came out and actually said, text is gonna be replaced by video. Everything's gonna be video. Well, they went out and they bought, uh, they did media deals with a half a dozen major media companies for content and nothing happened. It just fizzled. I'm not sure that their entry into these other areas is gonna pay off as well as they did with Instagram, which which did really well. And Clubhouse, Clubhouse's valuation at $4 billion is absolutely, to me, unbelievable.
1: Well, yeah, the word came out last week in the trades that, uh, that their, user, their users were down 72% in March. Yes, exactly. So it's kind of like, oh, is this a flash in the pan? You know, for these guys, it doesn't matter. They just, they're just covering their bets. It's like those guys that go up and play roulette in Vegas. The really good roulette players put a lot of money on one bet, like black. Or red, or even, or odd, and it's two to one, three to one odds. It's not a big odds bet. You know what? When it comes up black, and the croupier, the uh, dealer, puts out the uh, hundred dollar, you know, the two hundred dollar chips on top of their hundred dollar chip. The guy puts three chips back in his pocket and walks over and has dinner at uh, at the Palm. You know, it's he it, it just paid for dinner. It's beautiful. But then you see those guys that go that come up and they're, and they get paranoid. Oh my God, I've got to put, I've got to put chips on every freaking number because you know, that's, that number might come up and that number might come up and you see them spread this stuff all over the place. And I think that's kind of what these, what these big tech companies are doing is just like, we're just going to do that. We're going to cover the board and whatever hits great. If it doesn't hit, Hey, who cares? You know, we got all the money in the world. We'll just, we'll kill it. So, you know, they're just covering their bets and uh, hedging their bets and um, and we'll see what happens.
0: No, I think that's a great point. I think they do have the capital to go try these kind of different things and and the, the problem is it creates a lot of uh, problem for the people who are first into the space. and for those of us still in traditional media, you know there's only so much time people can have. I think at the end of the day, clubhouse and this audio thing that Facebook is doing is going to become kind of a niche social media. I mean, I think there's a there's an opportunity there. But is it is it going to be big? You know, it's also going to be very driven by personalities, just like talk radio, you know, and so we're going to we're going to see some major personalities come out and that'll probably be nice. And they will will validate their four billion dollar valuation. But in the meantime, uh, I think uh, Facebook is in a position where they're, as you said, they're just covering covering bases. And speaking of strategy, you know, Apple's uh, strategy with podcasting should be able to make us, you and me, a lot of money because they're not going to allow publishers to charge for their podcast. And they'll share, of course, in the revenue the way they do with uh, all things. And uh, they can start at 49, 49 cents an, an episode. Uh, but at 49 cents an episode, it's going to take a while for anybody to generate any money. So what do you think? How much should we be charging when Apple puts this new podcast policy in place?
1: Yeah, which is, I think, you know, like, Any day now, but the idea is is that they they want to uh, they want to help podcasters make money and use their platform to charge uh, subscription fees. And what better way for us to clean up? Maybe maybe actually, if people were paying for watching what we talk about, we'd have more people because you know they go, oh wow, I paid for that. I better see what Keith and Jackson are talking about this week. You know, gee, I paid I paid. Big bucks for that uh, video podcast they do. I better watch it. So who knows? I mean, maybe uh, you know, maybe twenty bucks a month. Uh, you know, who knows? Uh, maybe uh, twenty bucks a week. Come on, people. You know, but but uh, you know, it's interesting. It's it's not a bad way uh, for for certain you know content that has, has some value, particularly B two B content. You know, uh, I don't see. I don't think you're going to see Trader Joe's charge people for their podcast because that's not what they're in it for. They're in it to promote the cheese of the month, but maybe we should be thinking about that. Maybe we should be charging. (laughs) It's interesting because there's a a blog
0: product called Substack, which does the same thing. It's actually the podcast on Apple. You can charge, You you know, there's no requirement that you do charge. So they will still distribute a lot of podcasts free, but Substack does the same thing for blogs. So if we had a really good blog and could charge, like Jerry Del Caliano charges 10 bucks a month for it, then Substack would be where we'd go. So maybe there's some merit to this. We've talked on and off at Media Consultants about subscription is going to be a key part of revenue for media going forward. And I think podcasting is certainly is going to have to fall into that category. And being able to charge for it
1: is a great strategy for, for Apple, I think, all the way around. Yeah, I, I think it's time for uh, for us to have a board meeting. Let's, yes. Let's talk about yes. That. Let's get, yeah. Let's get the board together and let's kick this around. Let's let's white let's whiteboard it. Let's whiteboard it. Let's uh, let's have a little brainstorming session. Let's okay. you know we get the let's put post-it notes on the wall and think about deep thoughts.
0: Hey, I was going to complain and whine about uh, over the disadvantage of over targeting, and you and I have talked about this a, a long time. I guess it comes down to, in your opinion, do you do you think that advertisers really know who they want to target? I mean, sure, basic demos are okay, but you know, just because you visited a vitamin website, supplement website the other day doesn't necessarily mean that your sacchariliac is acting up. I mean, there are all kinds of reasons that people do all kinds of things. And it seems that the tracking really isn't any more valuable than the targeting we've had so long in media with Radio, TV, by program, demographic, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. it just seems to me like there's this enormous fuss around stuff that maybe isn't very worthwhile, isn't very valuable. What do you think?
1: Yeah, I, th- I think it's uh, overthought. I think overtargeting is overthought. The fetish of, of advertising people these days, mostly data, mostly digital folks, about you know, this microtargeting of being able to really you know what? there's no wastage. We're just going to get that message to Keith. We're going to get Keith. Because Keith's ready, because he visited that site and we tracked his little ass all over the web and we know where he goes. And and we're gonna go get him with this ad. Oh, and the email. We're gonna send him the email and we're gonna send him texts and we're gonna send him all this other stuff. And so you have this combination of of this fetish of micro-targeting, and then and then you have that the ability to track. So it's over-targeting, you know, you're you're leaving out people who you might. Who might purchase? Who might be in the market? Who might someday be in the market? You're not building awareness with any of them. You're just building it with me, and and then you're tracking me all over the place. You're creeping the hell out of me, and so uh, you know the other part that's going to happen this week. I think what is today the twenty fifth? What this is? When, when is the Apple? When when do I get the new operating system where I can shut off the apps sharing information? I think it's this week. I think it is this week. Yeah, and can't wait to do that because you know. I'm tired of being surveilled, so uh, you know I think this this over targeting to over tracking and the backlash now uh, is is really going to be uh, fascinating to watch.
0: Yeah, it really is, and I think you know as you said, Apple introducing their new uh, platform this week on and on iOS, and that's going to have a real impact on how much people can track. And of course, Facebook is freaking out over it because that's the backbone of their media. Although interestingly, I've got a client who found that that the less specific his tracking was, the more effective his advertising was. Because of just what you said, he was able to pull people who that hadn't already expressed an interest in it. You know, Geico knows that everybody's going to buy insurance at some point. May not be this week, may not be next week, but at some point they will. So they use this broad reach, big funnel to promote their brand. Yep, yep. I think yep we've yep. gotten way over-targeted in, in the ad business, way over-targeted. Uh, speaking of data, uh, it looks like Magellan has come up with the top 15 podcast advertisers and you seem to have some skepticism about it. Uh, you want to talk about
1: that? Well, yeah, because I, I, you know, it's it's one thing to to track advertisers in podcasting. Uh, we we uh, those of us in media love keeping score, who's spending the most money? Where, you know, where the advertisers, who are the biggest advertisers in radio? Who are the biggest advertisers in television? And now they're tracking the biggest advertisers in digital. And in podcast advertising. And, then, and so they came out with a list for the March, top 15 from March. And my beef isn't that they do this. My beef is, is that the, they, they, they extrapolate based on the number of ads that they've tracked. They calculate an average unit rate for podcasts, and they come up with a revenue number. So they're able to say, well, if Geico ran 5,000 spots on podcasts, that, that equals up $1.7 million in podcast advertising in March. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's fine. So they've got the whole list. They've got the whole list laid out. And uh, the big news was that a company called Better Help was the number one podcast advertiser in America, uh, you know, uh, in, in March. But on the list, I start to think and scratch my head because I go, you know, I'm not that old. Well, I haven't aged completely out of radio, but I remember back in the day in network and on podcasting and everything else, there's probably a lot of direct response advertisers. I mean, where the podcaster or the broadcaster doesn't get paid unless somebody clicks on that website or goes in to redeem that offer code. Remember those offer codes at the end of all those commercials? If you type in that offer code, you'll save 20% or 25% or you get your first month free. Those offer codes are the clue that they didn't pay for that advertising. They didn't pay for that spot. The guy only, they only pay when somebody does something they can track. Okay. And on this list, I think are at least six direct response advertisers. Zip recruiter. Everything. You hear all the zip recruiter spots? Yeah. They're not paid for kids. They're... Pay, only paid when somebody signs up to use ZipRecruiter, okay? Right. Um, right. Simply safe, okay? Now, they might have bought the spots in rush, but everybody else is a direct response. You got you to put in the offer code before you get paid. Uh, ExpressVPN, um, HelloFresh, Stamps.com, and probably even Madison Reed all have offer codes. They're all direct response, but Magellan lists them as advertisers who spent 900000 a million bucks, Stamps.com doesn't pay anybody for their spots. They get You get paid a couple months later when they have the report that shows how many stamps.com slash your network, your show, your name got clicked into uh, on their website. So they're tracking who, who responds and that's how they pay. So come on Magellan, will you just put in people who paid cash for advertising? It's really simply, it's easy to figure out. And it takes just a couple of phone calls if you're not sure. Uh, Does, you know, who's the direct response agency for that client? And it's, you can find it online. So my beef is not that Magellan isn't keeping track. It's that they're misleading people by thinking that all these other advertisers are actually spending millions of dollars in podcasting when they're not. And podcasting has become the direct response um, playground for all these advertisers because there's so much inventory and everybody will take them. We'll take them. You want to put, you know, we'll take we'll take stamps.com. You know, we could use a few extra bucks every month, but you know, don't tell me that they're spending cash. Come on. We all know everybody in the business knows that these guys are direct response. Don't make yourself look silly by putting them in with a list of cash advertisers like Geico.
0: Well, the thing that's peculiar is you, is that everybody in the business knows yeah. that these are DR. So who are they who are they fooling and as you said just splitting them out would be would make a lot of sense but you know we're in the audio business particularly in the radio side of things we're about pumping up the value one of the things that uh, you know is on our hot hits let's get into hot hits is uh, is the fact that uh, the trade magazine radio inside radio which is owned by iheart now is more and more referring to audio rather than radio so they You know, they constantly are promoting audio over radio as because that's iHeart's strategy right now to get away from the old language. Well, great. It's still radio. And you talk to most people, and it's still radio. They still think of all audio as basically being radio.
1: Oh, yeah. Or repurposed radio via stream or via a show that's that's, uh, archived as a podcast that you can go back and listen on demand you know it's 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 it, they want to be anything but radio radio is so last century you know that just like us we are so last century so there you go. <laughs> hey, well, you you're yourself. not you're still current i'm last century
0: so a uh, couple other things on our hot hits byron allen uh, who has a rather large television uh, group of tv stations has launched what i think is a pretty cheesy ott network called local now and you know, he claims to have local news for every zip code in the country, which is really problematic because, you know, that it's automated weather, it's AI content that he's plucked from other uh, sources, including his own TV stations and data screens. You know, you know, these are the top 10 places to visit if, when you're out of COVID, that kind of thing. Really cheesy. And, um, and and as I said this morning, uh, just You know, I went on this morning just to check a couple of things and none of the video feeds work. Okay. Everybody has technical problems, but it's a, it's a biggie in the sense that his TV stations can promote it. Lots of national inventory. And, you know, as cheesy as I may think
1: it is, he's probably going to be
0: profitable for it.
1: What do you think? I I think you're exactly right. It's more inventory and uh, it's Byron Allen. So he's going to get a lot of buys. He needs places to put that, uh, put those, put those spots. So, Cumulus has renamed their podcast network. Well, they didn't really rename it. It's now the Cumulus Podcast Network, right? Well, yeah, it went from Westwood One Podcast Network to Cumulus Podcast Network, wrapped by the sales guys at Westwood One. So, well, you know, but it makes sense. Uh, you know, I guess, you know, Westwood One has a, a radio network. So you're, you know, mainly sports, you know, they syndicate formats too, but th- that necessarily ID themselves. You think of them as the final four Westwood One. You're watching, you're listening to the West final four on Westwood One. Uh, you know, okay, great. I don't think that branding really matters. I think Cumulus as a podcast network probably fits because it's more of their radio stations. But, you know, hey, I, when I when I wake up in the morning, I go... Oh jeez, I better turn on my Cumulus radio station. You know, who is it? You know, oh, no, it's just I'm going to go to KBC. You know, I'm not thinking about Cumulus. So they're trying to brand their podcast networks like these other guys are uh, as a probably more as a sales tool and an aggregation right. tool. Right. And uh, right. to try to make right. some revenue off it. Um, yeah,
0: it's it, it's not a significant change, but it but it is part of their branding for their for their clients.
1: I've got a couple of hot hits. You
0: ready? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Go.
1: Thrilled to hear that U.S. International Media, owned by my friend uh, uh, Dennis Holt, uh, well, he's everybody's friend in radio because Dennis is such a great guy, but I've actually spent time with Dennis. I went <laughs> to church with Dennis, you know, so Dennis, Dennis, you know, he was around, but U.S. International Media is now going to accept Bitcoin for uh, from their clients as advertising. I'm just not sure, Does people do people do that? Are people going to do that? I don't know, Dennis, but it's kind of cool to talk about, right? This last week, we missed talking about uh, one of the great personalities in local radio because she's on like three or four different radio stations. Lori Double L Lewis was in the news a few weeks ago because she's the the midday personality at one of the greatest country radio stations in America, KNIX in Phoenix, used to be owned by the great Buck Owens and uh, run by his son. Uh, It was a legendary station, still is in Phoenix. Uh, Now, uh, what is it? Uh, I Heart, uh, I don't know, Odyssey, whatever. But she got named the afternoon personality at uh, the Mix in Phoenix, and she's doing uh, late mornings for the Bull in Las Vegas. So she's like voice tracking three different radio stations, and she actually won the ACM personality of the year. So Lori Double L Lewis, congratulations. Mm -hmm. You're working harder than any woman in radio right now, probably um, so congratulations for, uh, for winning your big award. And uh, speaking of PDs and programming, in the news last week, while you were shushing down the Alps in Leavenworth, came out the news late last week that a guy named Lance Tidwell was, was, got a, a new PD gig. And you see these in the trades all the time where this guy, oh, yeah, they hired this new guy to be the PD in, in this case for Summit in Birmingham. And it most recently was the PD at a couple of stations in Detroit. Okay, great. So I dug a little deeper and it turns out that this is Lance's ninth gig as a PD, having had four gigs with Cumulus, one gig with Intercom, two gigs with iHeart, one gig with Town Square, and now he's with Summit. So that's his fifth different ownership group, his ninth PD gig. This guy's either so great that everybody's got to hire him because, wow, and he loves getting wooed, or he's got a great consultant agent on the side who keeps getting him gigs after... The gigs don't work out? I don't know. But it was kind of interesting to find out. Maybe uh, uh, maybe somebody can fill us in on the the, the great success that is, uh, that is Lance Tidwell.
0: There you go. Well, Lance Tidwell is uh, like the guys at uh, WKRP. You know, if you remember the theme song, it's got this just fabulous line, you know, I'm up and down the dial. And, <laughs> uh, you know, but now I've landed here in Cincinnati. Well, Lance has landed in Birmingham. Okay. Birmingham.
1: Yeah. Yeah. At WZZK, one of the other stations in WZZK is the, the KNIX of the, of the South. Yeah, um, But one final hot hit that we missed talking about last week and I, I'm only saying this because I've actually met this person, it's one of those rare hires or promotions or moves in media where you go, yeah, that makes sense because she's really, really good. This is that, uh, we didn't talk about it, but CBS had a bit of a, a bit of a, a scandal on their hands when the LA Times did an expose about the, the two guys that run the CBS television station ownership group, the O&O group, the guy that runs the O&Os, and I think there's a news guy for the O&Os. And they, they did an expose about their management style, sexist, uh, maybe harassment, maybe uncomfortable work environment, all sorts of negative things. So CBS puts these guys on hold. They put them, they put them on like double secret probation. Don't go to work. And they're, they're, they're just like in limbo for like six months. And two weeks ago, CBS fires them and hires two new people to take their place. Okay. All right. But one of the people they hire is... Yes. A woman. Okay, so that solves that problem. But not just a woman. She's just terrific. And Wendy McMahon is now co-president of the CBS O&O group. And Wendy uh, uh, Wendy, uh, used to be the head of, they they, they stole her from ABC. She was the president of the ABC O&O group. And now she's gone to CBS. She used to work for CBS in Boston when she was like the marketing director for WBZ-TV in Boston. Um, small world story. I met her on a flight from Oakland to Burbank one afternoon, and she was just a marketing director for Channel 7 in, in LA here. And we put two and two together, and we knew people mutually. And I ended up making a sales call on her for some, uh, uh, some uh, messaging services when she was at KBC. Anyway, she's worked her way up through the ranks. She's legit She's really strong. She's a great executive. Couldn't be happier that, uh, that she's back at CBS, and I think she'll do a great job. I think she'll end up running the whole group, and she might end up being, you know, like running the frickin' company at some point. But kudos to Wendy. Hats off to you, and uh, congratulations on your great career growth, and you deserve it. Do great work.
0: That's a perfect hot hit,
1: and I will say this, that uh, I, I hope she's good enough to actually
0: create some audience, because we all know that TV stations, Linear TV is really in trouble and you know even a brand like cbs that used to carry so much cachet, you know for you and me that's still you know major market stuff but you know for, as you said for most people they get up and go cbs who cares you know yeah. it just doesn't matter well uh listen the mountain is calling so i think it's um it's time for media and to uh wrap up so i can go do a run uh, i want to thank everybody for joining us uh keith Always appreciate having you along. Don't forget, we have the audio version of our podcast, which we uh, drop every Tuesday morning, and that's available on any of the sites. And we uh, have, uh, as Keith and I have bragged, we're now in the top 8% of podcasts in the country. And so, uh, you know, we really appreciate anybody uh, joining that. Um, Keith, do your best at McMahon. Uh, Sign off and say goodbye for this edition of Media Insultant.
1: Well, you know it's it's been a great week. Thank you for putting up with me, Jackson. As always, enjoy uh, enjoy carving uh, some last spring snow turns, and we'll look forward to seeing you safe at home next week.